This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20. LivingRelief.com. Living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with my man, Will. Will, how are you doing? Doing great. I had uh, gas station tacos yesterday, and I didn't die, so uh, just living the dream. This this is the man that was talking about making duck oso busco the other day when I was eating <laughs> gas station tacos. Yo, these tacos were delicious. I can't believe I ate... Uh, chorizo and uh, two shrimp tacos out of a shell gas station there's a little little mexican restaurant running out of it uh in hardyville south carolina and uh it's well worth it it should be on TripAdvisor. it was that good and i'm pretty sure i probably got covid from it too but who cares uh, <laughs> well tell me how your intestines feel tomorrow oh well, we'll see <laughs> well one thing that did happen was the absolute perfect weekend of football. I mean, is is that too uh, too much hyperbole there? State pitches a shutout. The heels lose. ECU loses. Duke loses. I mean, if Wake had lost, it would just probably have been the perfect weekend. Clemson lost. <laughs> like, it was well, amazing. We can't have the ACC be too weak. Otherwise, our undefeated run through it is going to be penalized. Um the, uh, yeah, I think the only thing that could have made it better, I was just hoping the coup de grace was going to come today with the heels falling out of the top 25 and us getting into the top 25. But, you know, apparently there's still a couple uh, people doing those rankings that I'm guessing did, didn't watch the game because there was one guy that had uh, UNC 14th still. Yeah. Um, so, box score watchers, yeah. Yeah, he and apparently he reps, represents UConn as his beat and i was just like okay well that's what i get it like i wouldn't watch football either if i had that beat i mean those polls are always so weird because and i get it's probably better that we're not in the poll and you know target on us all that jazz that's stupid (laughs) i've got a hot take i mean i'm ready i'm sorry i can go okay here's my theory one it's your best team ever is dave so you want it ranked as long as it can be because it's going to help with uh, recruiting, cachet for the program, it's a reward for the players, you get po- positive publicity, whatever. Okay, especially if it would have been week one where it was like UNC out, NC State in, like it would have been a great talking point in the ACC. Two, if you go and beat Mississippi State, you'll probably go from 24, 25 into the either 20 or back of the teens. Then you get to play Clemson. They're going to be top 10. You're going to be in the teens. If you beat them... Now you have an argument to be cusp of top 10 or even in the top 10. But if you lose to them, 
you can still fall back and still be in the top 25 and not get heavily penalized. I'm afraid we'll like get into like 22, 23 range next week if we beat Mississippi State. And then when we play Clemson, get penalized if we lose that game and fall out of the top 25. So to me, I think the target your back thing is, is silly. Mississippi State just watched this boat race this team. Like They're not going to think we're chumps. So put the target on the back. You, if you're good, you have a target on you. Well, I mean, what are we paying and watching for if we're afraid to be good? Okay, you convinced me. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. We got screwed. We should be ranked. <laughs> we got those. I mean, I was happy to see that we had a lot of ranking points, I guess. So that was good. It's funny how those things work, man, because, like, Virginia Tech jumps into the poll pretty high. I mean, I watched that game. I wasn't overly impressed. I thought the defense was fun. But then, like, a team like Arizona State who struggles early, you know, they, you know they're in the polls. They, like, it's just – it's all based on where they were preseason and hype and all that jazz. So it, It's almost well, like they should just do no poll for the first week at least and at least just watch across the league and be like, all right – what do you think now? Because I think the right. the top two, three, that wouldn't be any different. But I don't know. There's a lot of teams after watching that first week that looked pretty soft. And, you know, I, I'm just surprised they're ranked high. And, um, yeah, Virginia Tech's going to be perplexing because I was re-watching that game again uh, today for dinner. And, I mean, Braxton Burmeister just doesn't have, like, arm talent. So... I I'm just not sure how well they're gonna do in this league. It's it's yeah. Anyways, this is an NC State podcast, but I love watching <laughs> UNC lose, and I listened to UNC pods for the last two days because I wanted to hear them crying about the game and how you know all they've got to do is recruit wide receivers like Alabama, and that will fix everything. So it's been a great couple of days of driving around for me. I know everybody saw the UNC woman complaining that the Virginia Tech Stadium was too loud. <laughs> that was like, I mean, everybody saw that. It went around everywhere. I got a message to me like 14 times. It was in group chats and slacks and everywhere. It was it's hilarious. But I have a note here <laughs> from you to remind me to bring up Sam Howell saying he's oh, in the yeah. playoff. Yeah, you know, that. okay. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be like that great of a take or not. And uh, But... We were, you know, they were talking about expanding the playoff before the season, and for some reason, they were asking the UNC players what they thought about expanding the playoff. And you know, Sam Howell was saying like, "Oh, these young kids that want to play the expanded playoff, they don't know how much you, your body hurts at the end of the year, how tired you are. You know, they're not going to be up for it as they get like longer in their career." And I was like, "If I'm an NFL GM, and I see like my potential top pick of the draft is saying." Playing two extra games in college is too much for his body. Like, what do you think is going to happen in the NFL if you're lucky enough to be a playoff contender there? You know, I, just everything about that just came across as, like, so soft. They're not really hungry. And I thought you could see it in that game. And I was just like, you know, if I was a GM watching that, and if I see relatively the same performance throughout the year as, you know, Sam doesn't have wide receivers that are going to get, you know, 10 yards of separation like Deami Brown, like... It's going to be fun to watch and see if, one, if he goes into the draft, and, two, how far his stock comes down because you're not just throwing to open receivers. And, you know, comments, they always say, like, little comments, like, that they get from those interviews with players goes a long way in their evaluation. And it was just 
watching that game and seeing him go into like a tough environment, I'm like, yeah, I can see why you wouldn't want to pay, play more than 13 or 14 games. Like, geez, you know, I, I could, I could you imagine if our team said that? <laughs> Hand in the dirt, but only for a certain amount of games. <laughs> we're, we're more dust in the dirt. The, the dirt's. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Transitioning over oh, to the actual state game. You liked that, didn't you? I did. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this a lot, talked about this pretty much through um, the post game podcast, but just some other thoughts that I thought I was thinking about. You know, afterwards, one that was a lot of fun. Like I can't remember the last time we had. A game that was easy and you know, or felt easy like that. That wasn't a, a chump opponent, right? It wasn't like an FCS game. And even then, we've had some games that didn't feel like we were in control the entire time. That game felt like we were in control the entire time. And I thought that was, you know, part of it is because it was almost mistake-free football. Yeah, there was an interception and then three penalties. I mean, outside of that. It's hard to be critical of that of what of what we saw. I don't know how much of that is USF being bad, or how much of that is us being prepared. But I think just being the fact that they were mistake free, there wasn't a whole lot of missed tackles, wasn't penalties blown, missed assignments. That to me is more us than it was USF being bad. Is that how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it was the first time in a long time I felt like we were seeing a completely healthy NC State team. Um, no obvious gaps in depth. We talked about it all off season, and so it seemed like throughout every sequence of the game, we were in control. We were playing fast. We were playing extremely physical. The hitting on defense, the blocking. There were, I mean, Houston got a syrup bottle. Thayer Thomas got a syrup bottle. The offensive line was out in charge. Penix was in blocking. It just seemed like everyone was extremely physical. And, you know, like, if they made a mistake, they didn't, like, let it haunt them. Like, Derek Pitts, Derek Pitts let, uh, you know, had one breakdown in pass, pass per, or uh, I guess it was on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, coverage. And... You know, he just came back and just made a play later after that. Cyrus Fagan looked great. Like, everyone was hitting super hard. We avoided the dreaded almost targeting, which now everyone's talking about throughout the all the leagues because of the Louisville game, it seems. Right. Um, you, you know, I think if you go and watch that game, it's like everyone's like, oh, USF is bad. I haven't seen State dominate an opponent like that in a long time. Even the FCS, the little Sisters of the Poor right. that we've played – we haven't come in like that hungry and wanting to wanting to send a message, and we kept the like the foot on the pedal the whole time. Like it was like, it's like Dave knew I've got a great team. I better promote this team. I better get Leary as many reps as possible. And even when they put the scrubs in, like yeah, they let them kind of march down the field a little bit. But even they bowed up in the end zone and and stopped the and held the shutout. So. Like, from my perspective, everyone wants to down the accomplishment by saying USF sucks, but I think we made USF look way worse than they really are. I mean, I, I thought their, like, their secondary was better because they had more people back. And, you know, you saw for the first, like, quarter, quarter and a half, like, they were really physical trying to get after us. But, I mean, they were outmatched the way they should be. And I don't know, man. It, it just, 
I've been sitting here all week being like, all right, so now we're going to beat Mississippi State. We're going to beat Clemson. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's all, to me, like, this is what you've wanted from Dave's team for a long time. This is, I don't I didn't even yeah. feel like we saw this in the 2017 team. No. I had to go, I'd have to go back and look at the scores, but I, I don't remember ever feeling this, seeing a complete game like that uh, on all sides of the ball. And I think it was, yeah, it was impressive. Even... I mean, they, you know, they were vanilla, right? They straight up didn't do anything special. Ran inside zones, seam routes, nothing that we don't have on tape already. And they still put up 525 yards of offense. Yeah. I mean, I, goodness. To, to me, they just look they look so sharp. You know, I don't know. I, yeah, there was one bad interception from Leary, but I, I mean, I don't think that's going to be the norm. And I just feel like if you go and watch that game back and just watch how State's players are moving and then go watch, you know, I barely watched the Clemson-Georgia game because I'm not interested in a 10-3 score. But if you go back and watch all these other games from the ACC this week, maybe Notre Dame and FSU was the only other game I saw that really felt like it had teams playing fast um, and physical and amped up. So... You know, I, I'm just feeling really good seeing where the team is week one. And, I mean, maybe we'll get served uh, humble pie here this weekend. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm uber confident right now on the team. Some of the things that I saw that I really liked that might have gone on notice, aggressive play calling at the end of the first half. You know, we – there's a minute 45 left, I think it was – and we came off throwing, and it's you know we're up twenty four nothing, something something around that lines, and they're still trying to score right, and that is what we have asked for to keep your foot on the gas right the whole time, and that that stood out to me immediately. That's when he uh, Leary hit that Devin Carter sideline pass, and I'm thinking, damn, they actually threw the ball, you know that's a situation where Davis usually run it or you know gone conservative or I don't, I don't know just kind of surprised but that to me is indicates you know a little bit more growth in the program and yeah. what dave's doing right i'm just kind of i'm trying to think like how do it's just not something we've seen before and how do you describe like what that means uh, is that going to be the norm I, I think so i think they're going to be more aggressive which what? we've all been asking for yeah, and we should not forget that, like, with Leary, at least last season, like, they were really aggressive in two-minute drills and trying to get points before half yeah. and things like that. They, you know, I can't remember if we got the ball first or not this game. I think we did, right? No. Yes. We didn't. No, no we, we didn't. didn't. So, you also had that middle, what, oh, God, I hate saying it, the stupid, like, middle eight concept where, right. you know, you, you want to score going at halftime and get the ball again and try to get a double. So, you know, it's... I don't know. To me, it was great to see the aggressive play calling. Um, you know, I'm I'm watching these highlight clips from IPS and like watching the uh, the Ricky person wildcat twelve yard touchdown or whatever with 50 seconds left on the clock. Like I, I don't know. They were they were they scored like, on the wildcat. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, like, that wouldn't insane. have happened years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember ever scoring on the wildcat. Like. Well, I know Jay Sam did one time, I think, because I think at that FSU game, I think he wildcatted and like did that 
awesome reach over the goal line. So well, that's Jay Sam. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't count. There's no other. I mean, maybe Trent Penix can do that this year. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if there. I don't want to spend like too much time talking about that game. Yeah, but it's just it was everything I hoped for. You got out relatively injury free. Maybe some little nicks and dings and. You know, and then I, I don't we even really talk about it, but then Mississippi State struggling on Saturday as well with Louisiana Tech, you know, I, I think that works out favorably for us. Um Yeah. Indeed. I, so here's what I have down in my notes. Left side of the offensive line was amazing. I thought they were so good. Zavala, Icky, Icky had eight pancakes. Like he was just tossing guys out of the way. Which is what uh Seth Varnadorf when he was on from the Daily Stampede had said you know our our lines are small, and if I feel like you guys are going to dominate them, and I feel like Icky dominated himself, but we collapsed the line just so much, and that's gave Bam Knight and uh, Ricky so much room to release down the left side. I mean, I didn't realize that Bam's forty yard run was fourth and two. Yeah, and that that run was also something that we have been asking for for a long time. It's like. He's got he's got the speed to make these explosive plays. Why the heck haven't we gotten more explosive plays from him? And we got it in the first game. I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to see. That's the offense. Like, that's what you want to see from your your skill backs and your speed guys like that. Like, get them in space and let them go. And they did. They both ran hard. Man, I was impressed. I I just sent you the gif of it from IPS. If you need to relive the experience. No, nice. <laughs> I have, um, what else I have in my notes here? Drake Thomas, everybody has pointed out, he was amazing. Yep. He was in the right place at the right time. All the linebackers really worked well together. Lear was efficient. The INT was just a, just trying too much, essentially. Everybody, you could see that. Thayer was wide open. Leary doesn't miss that pass again. Uh, I think we had the back end of the defense to let the linebackers and the line play really aggressive. I think our secondary was really effective like you already said Fagan was really good he was in on a lot of plays he was playing fast and downhill I mean he made it quite a few plays at the line of scrimmage tackling runners that was really impressed he was everywhere yeah he looked really good he had a yeah. I, I can't remember what it was but there was like there was a couple of just physical hits from him where I was just like okay that's the guy we wanted to transfer here and like it's good to see it yeah yeah, we need more of those. We definitely need more of those. Uh, Terrell Dawkins, he dressed but didn't play. Is that correct? I I thought I didn't think he dressed. I'm guessing I'm guessing he's going to be out for a couple games minimum. I don't know how long he's been out. Curious, curious. Uh, I mean, I'm waiting for, I saw... where's my Chris Scott news? I mean, were you there? Where was where was oh little CS? I I saw him dancing going in at halftime, so I know he's not that injured. Okay, hopefully it's not too bad. And um, crap, what's the other one? No Ant Smith sighting. No Ant Smith sighting. Oh, Shy Battle only played 18 snaps. Thought that was curious. I looked going over the participation chart, kind of looking who who played a lot, who didn't. Didn't they rotate a lot at secondary though? They did. They did rotate a lot, and I'm wondering how much of that was getting the younger guys in because Aiden White played a, a good amount. Tayshawn Smith played a good amount. Uh, and when I say good amount, they played probably nine more snaps than him. Yeah. They're probably trying and, to get, you know, live bullets, how these guys are actually actually doing. Yeah. 
Okay, he started Although, though, right? He did Battle? start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Ingram played thirty-nine snaps. Kind of surprised by that too. That's definitely but, knocking rest off though. So they probably wanted to get him a yeah, lot of snaps. Probably. And the fact that we didn't I didn't notice those guys all game was amazing. Like which is wild. They they played well. Uh, FBI bumped us 17 spots to number 18. I told you, man. <laughs> what's what's Mississippi State now? I don't know. I didn't say. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I'll look it, it up. Matter. I'll look it up. Uh, other thing I just had I had to note about this game is not really about the game. It's about the stadium experience, and this is something that I want to talk about more. There's not enough beer stands, and I know that sounds petty, but walked in and that line was like 60 deep. I'm not even kidding. It was really long. And the north side entrance, the entrance closer to the PNC, is always a cluster. And I get they were doing ticket scanning and whatever, but it's an absolute hot mess. When we got in there, I was like, oh, man, all the entrances are bad. I looked around, looked underneath the one by the Vaughn Towers, the west side entrance, and it was fine. People were flowing in and out like they're supposed to. But that north side, just a cluster. I don't know. What, now wait, was this entrance or was this beer selection? Entrance. Oh yeah. So north side entrance when you're going into the game. Okay. They were doing. They were, you know, scanning e-tickets and stuff like that, and it mostly worked fine. But that one entrance is always a bottleneck, and I don't know why. Well, as someone who bought Clemson tickets off of StubHub, and the StubHub app will not move the tickets over to the wallet, I am nervous as hell. That we're going to get to that game because someone else said that they had StubHub, had the same issue, went right in. Yeah, I, I do not want to be there like the one huge, like, that's going to be the first game for for my fiance. I'm very excited about it. Want everything to go off without a hitch. Um, so I know a lot of people were complaining, at least on, I think it was the north side, about the, the ticket scanning. Yeah, don't um, go on the north side. Go under Vaughn Towers. Yeah, and one person recommended not not having all like if you've got four, six, eight tickets, don't have them all on one phone. Distribute them among other phones so that you can walk up and scan each one quickly uh, instead of trying to back out and try to find each pass. So I don't know if anyone wants to share some comments on issues with tickets or StubHub, tweet at me. <laughs> um, but one thing I was thinking about, you know, some people were complaining about the beer selection and just the beer process in general. Um, why don't they do something like you see at um, at like the beer festivals or Oktoberfest where you have like basically like an 18-wheeler uh, comes in with keg taps, essentially, yeah. and you just do mass service? Like, I'm assuming, are they like doing like individual pours like at tables yeah. or, okay, they got to work on that. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a very good process. And... This brings me up to something we have talked about relentlessly is like the game day experience, right? We've talked about it before and how you really need to emphasize that because when you when when you want when people leave, you want them to think, wow, that was awesome, right? Not just the game, but just the whole experience. Yahoo Sports Pod was talking about this today in their latest pod about the UCLA game at the Rose Bowl against LSU. And I'm going to play this clip. It's about three minutes long. There's two parts. I'm going to play them. Uh, so we could talk about them. So let's hopefully this goes through. In game, the experience of getting back to a college football game was phenomenal. I'm not even I'm not a Michigan fan. I just wanted to go to a college football game, and I loved it. 
So you can imagine how much Michigan fan loved it. And I'm sure it's the same out at UCLA. They did a great job on this game. They gave away a lot of tickets. They had deals. They filled pretty much the Rose Bowl. There's some tarps and stuff. But the, I mean, the damn thing's huge. Yeah. And it's it's California. They got the light show and they did the California love. They got Tupac. They're branding the event yeah. and making it fun. And that was a really good job because it was like opening night on Broadway. Yeah. And now everyone in L.A. is all excited about UCLA football. And that had a feeling of something. Now, right. are they going to fill it every week like you do in the Midwest and the South? No. But good for them to seize that. And that we talk about, like, what ails the Pac-12. A lot of it is that. What's your identity at some of these schools? Like, they're just they haven't been able to create that identity. And I don't know that UCLA will or won't. But right now. You're like, hey, UCLA football is hot. It's exciting brand of football. We've got this innovative coach. It's a cool scene out there. At the end of the game, you know, between the third and fourth quarter, you sing Tupac. Let's go, right? <laughs> That's what this league needs to do because what you're looking around, and, and it isn't easy to do, but, you know, it was it was a dreadful first weekend. It, you know, there's a few good wins of blowout games. Oregon survived a good Fresno team, but – for the most part, you need a lot right, of excitement. Trailed off there, but the, the the point is the same, right? It's the experience and everything that goes in about it. And, and here's the second half of that. Maybe. Okay, second half did one play. Anyway. It's. They went on and talked about uh, the experience, like in Alabama, with the the LEDs and other stadiums and things like that, and how they that is a a thing that they have branded there. Like they have that whole event into something, and I, I really feel like that game day experience is what we are missing. Like it's fine, crowds are good, but is that all of it, right? Is that the best it can be? I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, some some of the stuff for us, uh, at least the way our setup is, I mean, maybe it's different, you know, compared to other stadiums, but, you know, sprawling parking situation. Um, you know, I'd really love for the department to invest in, like, some large like shuttle golf carts and give them like a dedicated lane down the middle of the road where they can just run throughout the game, especially at halftime, get these people back and forth um, to, to get people to the game on time, make it easier on them. You know, if you're parking all the way over by the vet school, it'd be nice if you got a, a ride down to the stadium, um, you know, it might help kind of just keep people energized Um you know, I mean, we talked about with the spring game, like making it an event, having, you know, things there to make it family friendly, music, yeah, whatever, right? Get people to want to come there and spend time. I think we do a great job of having like a tailgating environment and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's just fine. But it's the stuff like at the game, I think, where we need some improvements. Like, I mean, we've talked about it before, like upgrading the sound system and, you know, the the scoreboard like, I mean, everything's really dated right now, and maybe that'll get fixed in a few years. Um, yeah, it's it, it, in addition to that, like in addition to fixing the sound system and the scoreboard, which is 
supposedly going to get done at some point. Like game day traditions, you know, where I was sitting there watching and watching people talk about the Wisconsin game and then, you know, they do jump around and they hadn't done it in 600 something days. And then, well, there's a couple other ones that are escaping Wagon at the wheel. moment, but yeah, right. So like <laughs> just pick something and roll with it, you know, and just stay with it. And that's, it doesn't have to, everybody doesn't have to like it at first, but it just becomes something that is part of the experience. And right. Maybe it is wagon wheel, right? It's, cool song easy to sing everybody knows it right roll with it same thing with like the intro and or like the you know the the Hokies and Ender Sandman is what I was thinking of yeah right it's songs not relevant anymore but it's what they do right and they stuck with it and they rolled rolled with it they weren't the only ones using that song Wake Forest does it with basketball and freaking Sandstorm right it's an old song but everybody knows it and it's Wake Forest and I feel like we got to do better with those things, making it a, the, making the whole experience like cohesive and exciting. And right, you want people to stay the whole time. You want people to come back from halftime. You know, give them something to look forward to. Give them like, all right, got to be there for a jump around, right? Whatever yeah. it is, it, these people get paid <laughs> to do this. You should be able to come up with something that would fit for us right well find something that works and roll with it yeah wasn't one of the issues like with intro music that the department didn't want to pay like the licensing rates you know to get a certain music that's ridiculous if it is um it's like painting the end zones and i was about to say two hundred thousand dollar camera like come on you know i'd yeah i'd love to i'd love to deep dive into that a little bit um But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. It's to me, it's kind of funny that quit. I don't know what's what's the intro song this year. I have no idea. I was in the north end zone trying to get into the damn game. (laughs) I didn't even see. I didn't see the video. I didn't see them. I saw the fireworks from behind the scoreboard. Yeah, I I mean, I'd almost just wish. I don't know. Uh, To me, yeah, just make something. Just make it unique. Stick with it. And even if you're copying someone else, I don't care. Like, yeah. as long as I get hype while I'm at the game, that's all it really matters. And, you know, I don't want to hear any more remix versions of Seven Nation Army. Like, that's... I don't care what it is. If everybody... If you stick to it and it rocks and everybody's, everybody's into it, then roll with it, right? Create that experience. Create that... And I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like we're complaining. I just want it to be better, right? It's it's a great time going to these games, but there <laughs> clearly things that can be better. And if you want to help the program, that is one of them. Just and just something let... we always talk about is you know using the resources you have, the engineers, the students, whatever, to do some of these sound systems, lightings, you know, marketing team. There's freaking marketing business school they should be able to come up with some of the stuff that helps like get 20 ideas from them and see what works yeah just um just let random um grad assistants and whatnot just hook their spotify up yeah <laughs> and right I mean, you know like like just do bulls on parade or something like that i mean like there's there's plenty of good stuff older music that can get people hyped up just i'd ra- i just want to see some consistent same thing just with the experience yeah. in general Fix, yeah. you know, fix the concessions. Like, if you're going to be cashless, 
you better have like you know the apple pay the tap i don't know what they've got there right now but everyone told me it was a disaster um you know you gotta sometimes it just feels like the athletic department doesn't necessarily like game out scenarios very well and just or or maybe just assumes best case scenario but like if i was in my would add like a couple hundred people or get like a hundred people to go stand in line at the concessions and tell us how the experience goes you know, yeah. simulate a halftime at one choke point and see what happens. Um, I mean, it shouldn't be hard. I know we can get a thousand people from here. Just like, hey, who wants to go to the freaking stadium and drink a beer and test this process out? Not hard to do. Right? Yeah. I mean, this we, we could rally some people pretty quickly. And it actually would just, be a good fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. I just want the experience to be... Take it to the next level. Like... I want it to be better. I want to make you're competing more with TV and the ability for me to sit on my couch in front of a 65 inch TV, watching a perfectly fine picture, right? You need to make that experience like even better all the time. Keep leveling up. Experience is good. Now let's make it better. We can make it better. We can do these things that the whole game day experience is just, you know, people will enjoy more. I don't know. Just so, put more seats in. That. Just put a seat in. Some of us have really bad backs. It would just be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the new seat backs are really nice. Even though two of my seats were missing them. I know that's the athletic department. Doing Can I ask, like, why, let me ask this. Why just why aren't there seat backs for every seat? Like, I know it's a I mean, cost. it's upsell. That's, yeah, they upsell them. That's all. Man. That's the only reason. I tell you what, I wouldn't like just knowing that there was a seat back there would probably get me to a, probably an extra game or two a year, because <laughs> yeah. honestly, I'm I'm sitting here like having to de- de- to debate like what can I t- you know Clemson yeah. game I'm hoping I'm standing most of the time you know what I mean so like right. not a big deal but I- I'm dreading like a you know three hours trying to brace myself in seats <laughs> and not having the armor it's gonna be tough for me man yeah anyways that's old man rant done. <laughs> <laughs> On to the actual game, Mississippi State this weekend. I'm going down there. There's a bunch of us going down there, and I couldn't be more excited. Like, it, I'm just amped for it. I watched all of them. I watched all of their game with Louisiana Tech, as I'm sure you did, and a lot of state fans did because we played both of those teams. I feel like that was more Mississippi State not playing well as opposed to Louisiana Tech taking it to them. Whatever. I mean, Louisiana Tech played fine. They didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. They were a solid team. But you could see at the end when they stopped, Mississippi State stopped turning the ball over. They stopped messing around and, you know, they scored 20 some points in the fourth quarter to win that game. Yeah. I that, mean, let's go ahead. No, I was just going to say, just before I forget, I mean, the turnovers, right? I mean, it was. Yeah. What was their total? I mean, I see the one interception, but didn't they have what three? Three turnovers. Had, yeah. Um, you know, and that's we can't expect that. That's gonna be great. It's it. I was listening to a lot of Mississippi State um, podcasts uh, for the last couple of days. Um, like it's always surprising. Like a team like Mississippi State, I'm like, how many could there possibly be? There's like a lot, like fifteen yeah. of them. Um, yeah. And several of them are like really well produced, actually. Um, 
And I, I was listening to one. I'll look up the name of it in a second. They they must be like an older like an older radio crew or not. But I, I love their rapport and they like really seem like data driven and. Like they were talking about last year, I think they were last in turnover margin. They were, I think, like negative 0.5 turnovers for the season per game. Yeah. And their goal was to try to get 0.5, and I can't remember what they netted out in this one. But they've had a lot of issues with turnovers, and you could see just how quickly it could spin out of control against Louisiana Tech. If we had the same performance when playing us, you know, one of their pockets was like, well, we'd be done for because they, they think State is actually a pretty good team. Um, and they're worried about giving us extra possessions against them. So it's, I, I mean, Louisiana Tech couldn't have been a worse game for them. But what I was saying earlier, it's probably good for us to one see that they're not flawless. Two, they can score in a hurry and come back in a game. And three, oh, that opponent is actually a shared opponent for us. So now you can't overlook Louisiana Tech either if you do manage to beat Mississippi State. So. It was a really good game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, you know, they they made Mississippi State show a little bit of everything. And I, I don't know if – I think Mississippi State was trying to kind of approach it like we are or we were, where, you know, you might not see all they have to offer, right, those kind of things. But they had to – pull out some of that late in the game. And I thought it was interesting to see. I wasn't super impressed with their quarterback. I thought he was okay. A little slow on the decision-making. I thought their offensive line was pretty slow. I was making that comments in the pod chat that they, and I don't know if there was an assignment thing or if it was uh, just skill thing, but they looked a little slow. And, I, and you know, hopefully it was something we can take to our take it to our advantage. Justin Strawn from the Starkville State of Mind said he thought it was more not that they're athletically slower, but they were slow with the decision making because mm-hmm. they don't understand the uh, blocking assignments like they should yet. And that's something you typically see with the Mike Leach team. And I think that played into part with uh, Will Rogers, their quarterback. I thought his decision making was. It was okay, but he was you could tell he wasn't confident in some of those throws compared to what he was late in the game where he did throw a couple nice balls with some zip on him. But early on, he was a little bit loose there. And I, you know, I, I don't know. It was that the fourth quarter left me thinking, all right, if they come out and play like that, then that is – you know that'll be a respectable team, but the early, the first three quarters was like, man, this team sucks. They're terrible, and I know it's probably somewhere in between there. And again, I think it's similar to USF, where it's more, how do we handle it? How do we handle that night game with fifty thousand cowbells, right? Yeah, I mean the the their offensive line is interesting. You know, I think they thought that they were going to have some improvements there. Um, they like. Their left tackle Charles Cross, but my understanding is he's kind of still like left a little bit to be desired. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with their right guard, Quatrevius Johnson, who they call Dollar Bill, um, because I think he got arrested after the game. If I wow. saw that right, um, I'll, I'll Google this real fast. Celebrating. Um, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, arrested and charged with malicious mischief. Whatever that means. Right. Um, uh, Johnson allegedly dented the hood of a 2008 Honda Accord by jumping on it, and he broke the door handle of the vehicle by pulling on it. Man, it sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a heavy, strong guy. Um, so I'm curious to see if one. I'm sure that Mike Leach is not gonna. You know, maybe he'll hold him out a, a play or something. Right. Um, but you know, I all the podcasts I was listening to is basically saying that. First off, like Mike Leach basically had a bunch of cancers in the locker room last year that, you know, because they didn't get to have spring ball, they basically ejected them going into fall camp, during fall camp, during the season, and they're still having a couple guys that they're having some disciplinary issues with. Um, So this is a – I think this is a Mike Leach team that's probably more in flux than normal, and a lot of people have said, oh, you know, Mike Leach can rebuild these teams fast in year two, yada, yada, yada. From my point of view, I don't think he really got his year one yet. So this is kind of like year 1.5. Um, it's it's a lot of leftovers from Moorhead, the previous coach. Um, it, it's just a team that's not set up for any element of what Leach wants to run at this point. So you're going to see some like bang plays, and then you're going to see like a lot of hiccups, is my opinion, because the offense yeah. is still just, you know, like... They're not really getting deep right now. Like a lot of their complaints is, hey, like we haven't had very much deep ball threats. Our depth of target on our throws is pretty shallow. You know, that's not going to hold up against good defenses. They're worried about playing us because one of their advantages being uh, an air raid team is most of the teams in in the SEC aren't running three man fronts. So a lot of them are kind of experimenting with three, you know, three and drop eight. Their concern with us is, well, we run out of the the three three five the whole time. They think our linebackers are going to be much more aggressive than other teams, and the rest of our DBs are going to be comfortable back there. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, we're we're getting far more respect from these podcasts than you would think because everyone says that you know Mississippi State message boards are just looking to dunk on us. Um, I, I, you know, I they think we're like several of the pods I listen to think we're going to go in there and trounce them. You know. It'll be interesting. Um, it's gonna be cl- it's gonna be cl- pretty close, I think, or closer than yeah. I mean, it's only closer two than trouncing. I think it's what it's like a two and a half spread right now. Um, yeah, two and a half spread, and then if you factor in home field, which is usually three in the college game, I think. Yeah, so five and a half. You know, the one thing that I, I think is in line with what you said there. Tony Gibson is used to playing this offense. Yeah, when he was at West Virginia in the Big Twelve, they played all those spread teams, and so he knows what to expect. And I think, like you said, we are one of the few teams that they're going to play that plays base three three five is their main uh, main alignment, and I think that's going to benefit us a lot. So it's, I'm going to be curious how it, how we, still curious how we show up, right? I think if we show up we have a good chance to win this game. And that's uh, still my only concern. And, uh, like, I have flashes of that West Virginia game in 2018, maybe it was, where I was pretty confident going there, and then we just got just beat. And that's the state fan in me because I know that's probably not realistic as far as 
comparing those two teams because I think this team is more mature, this team is better, you know, all those things uh, that people always say. I've got a couple things here I want that I want your your quick thoughts on. Like, are are they con- these are I wrote down as concerns? Are you concerned with some of these things? Okay. NC State's all time road record versus the ICC one fourteen and one. Yeah, I don't care about that. Lone win was nineteen seventy seven at Auburn. This is a Rob McLam special, so thanks, Rob. Don't care about that. I don't care because I don't think we're recruiting at a level that we did in the past, and the playing field has changed a lot. Um, what was our last, like, most recent SEC road game? We've had neutral games with South Carolina. I get probably South Carolina, right? In like the TOB uh, years, does that uh, sound yes. right? I think so. Yeah. Um, because a couple of those cowards canceled on us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, that doesn't bother me. I mean, it's just a sign that I think this program's far in a far better place than we were in those 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 eras. Right. All right, my other concern. Uh, NC State, this is not just a fact. NC State has won games at Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Texas before they joined the SEC. Lost neutral site bowl games to Vanderbilt in Nashville. Zero sacks. State had zero sacks with ten hurries, though. Are you concerned? State had zero sacks. They're... <laughs> to me, their quarterbacks for USF were more worried about getting the ball out and not having a sack. Like, there were a bunch of... I mean, there were several throws that, I mean, Cade Fortin just got the ball out in desperation kind of throws and sidearm kind of throwaway kind of things. Um, that, in all practicality, were sacks in my mind. So... Would I have liked to seen it? Yes. Louisiana Tech just had three sacks, I think, last weekend. I yeah. think we're better than Louisiana Tech. Um, I, I'll i say it like this. I guess I'll be pretty upset if we don't have sacks this game, given I expect them to be dropping back like 60-plus times. Right. They they In their Louisiana Tech game, they threw to the running back a lot. And so when you're throwing those, and I don't know if those were checkdowns or if they were just designed swing passes to the running back. So if those are quick passes, I don't expect to get a whole lot of sacks. But I would like to see more than zero. I will say that our 10 hurries did lead to three interceptions, so there's probably a little yeah. bit of balance there too. It wasn't just... I mean, and they were... Sacks. The, the one guy was like trying to roll out of the pocket. I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I should go back and see, like, were they in max protection often? Like... You know, how were they set up to handle our pass rush? But at the same time, like, you know, some of the blitzes we did I thought were a little predictable, you know, which is probably my one quip with with just state in general the last five or six years. is just like, yeah. you know, you're never caught off by an exotic blitz. But, um, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see some improvement. Maybe, I don't know. It Disappointed yeah. but not worried yet, I guess is the way I'll phrase it. Fair enough. This one, this one I'm definitely concerned about, but I don't know if you are. Only four of our eight kickoffs went for touchbacks. Oh, that's and I'll good. tell you, yeah, I'll tell you why I'm concerned because Mississippi State has a really good return. Yeah. Like he is really dynamic. He's one of the best in the SEC. What's his name? Toho and to, um, something. I, f- I forget his name. Uh, Justin, Justin's telling me about him as well, saying. It's like just, just if you can kick it out of the back of the end zone, kick it out of the back of the end zone. 
because he will make teams pay. And we only had four of eight going for touchbacks. That is something that I'm yeah. going to watch. That is a real concern for me. Because when you have a dynamic and an, I'm talking about an elite returner back there and you're kicking him short. And he said he – I forgot how many he returned, but – he said quite often teams last year were trying to you know trying the pooch kicks and trying to pin them and he made them pay. And said and I think I hope we just kick it out of the back of the end zone if we can, but we only did fifty percent. And I, I thought that was weird because Gill last year I think he had I think his touchback record was like seventy two percent. So I'm gonna bank on he'll be better, but it is. Probably the one thing that I'm really gonna watch closely was don't let this guy return kicks. Yeah, we're. I mean, was it windy at the game at all? Nah, not really. Okay. It was absolutely like, perfect out, to be honest. Um, I think his name is. No, is that right? Ah, oh, whatever. I was trying to look the guy's name up. Um, I, could yeah. sw- I, I could swear I knew what it was, but maybe I don't. Um, Go back and listen to our preview pod. Justin Justin talked to talked about him pretty extensively. Yeah, the um, that's a good point. I didn't even, I didn't realize that we didn't have that many touchbacks. Um, I be did it. Were any of them like aggressively running them out? Like you know, were they like two no. or three yards back? Or uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. okay. Well, that's not if good. they. And I'd have to go back and watch specifically for that, but I believe the ones they returned were short. Okay. Yeah. Here's an interesting fact that Dave Dorn said on his... I don't know what it was. I guess it was his radio show that was live-streamed on Facebook that I'm not sure anybody knew about. I randomly found it, and there was 34 people watching, which is... Probably another subject we should get into. You should have more than thirty-four people watching, Dave. But this is his radio story. show. Yeah, his radio yeah. show, and they live streamed on Facebook. Um, he was telling the story that his dad was supposed to be on that Boston airline or that bought that flight from Boston, the American Airlines flight from Boston, that went into the towers, but something had come up. And 20 minutes before the flight, he decided not to get on. And I just I was like, holy crap. Yeah. That's wild. Like, I know a lot of people have stories similar to that, but not, you know, not anything that is like a connection to what we were talking about. I just, I heard that he was telling that story. It's like, yeah, this means a lot to me. This was, you know, my dad was supposed to be on that flight. And I was just like, man, that's a wild story. I certainly didn't. Um, I saw that today, though, when I was reading a recap. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've wanted to listen to that radio show multiple times, and it is not easy to find, and it's been a problem for several years, and it should be better marketed. I mean, it's just stuff like that. Like, we should be either doing a live thing on Twitter or Instagram or something. Like, you know... You guys want to generate some excitement? Do like and ask me anything, you know, an AMA right. with with Doran and with the staff and with players. Like, you know, there, there's ways to drum up excitement. I think we just need to get a little sharper on that kind of stuff. You know, when we did the 
Twitter spaces, so the Twitter live audio thing after the Omaha fiasco, we had 100 plus people in there. I think they should do something like that for the post-game press conferences. Even if they don't let a whole lot of people ask questions or whatever, but some sort of live thing like that, I mean, they would get a ton of people listening. I don't know. That's just a random idea. I think whoever whoever dominates those sports press conferences, post-game press conferences, whether it's Clubhouse or Twitter or whoever else is going to dominate that live audio trend that is happening. And I think State should jump on it. So, The Mississippi State returner's name, his name is Ladeatrick Griffin, and he goes by Tulu. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I knew it was something, too, it was something weird. Um, God, yeah. Well, please just blast it out the end zone. Yeah, or, you know what? Tulu. Just kick it out of bounds. Yeah. Just take it to the 35. I'll give up 10 yards if it means not 100. Right? Seriously. I, we'll see. You know what's funny is I, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to about this. Um, but it was saying, like, last year, I think, like, the top five teams in kick return yardage were teams that just fair caught the ball exclusively. And that, like, wow. the average was, like, 20, 21 or something like that. I, I don't know if that's, like, 100% accurate, but I was listening to a pod this week, and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, maybe it does make sense just to take the fair catch. Um, was uh, oh. was Knight was, – well, I guess we only would have seen it once. Was Knight back there returning kicks for – Correct. Okay. All right, back to the Q&A. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Those are the only concerns that I had. I mean, those are uh, just some random things that I was thinking about and had marked down. I I don't know. Like overall, I feel all right about this game. I feel I'm I'm confident in this team's ability. To me, it's going to be up to the coaches to get them ready. Right. I think that's the area where we've seen the biggest discrep- discrepancies with. The talent we have, and then the execution in a games like in games like this. Are you worried about the crowd noise? It's going to be a seven p.m. game. The drunk cowbells are going to be active. Yes, yes, I think that is um, something you can't simulate in practice. No matter how many speakers, how many things you have, the one you know saving grace is that they're not allowed to do it during the game. They can do it in between plays, things like that. But uh, the rules say that they <laughs> have to hang their cowbells up when you know they get under center. That's the most insane thing to me. Yeah, we should run exclusively under center then the whole time. No huddle <laughs> under center. Right. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> well, I was going to ask for the guys driving down. I was curious: Are you guys going to bring like earplugs or like how are you going to maintain your sanity around that many cowbells? I've got earplugs. I don't know what everybody else is doing. I was told by somebody uh, in the SEC who frequents that stadium to, to bring earplugs. Yeah. So I'm, I got my little orange foam thingies that are going in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just don't hope I don't forget them. Yeah, don't. Um, I'm sure they, you know what, probably like Mississippi State like buys out all the earplugs in all the local stores in Starkville. So, you know, there won't be any available <laughs> by the time you get there. Well, we're not flying in. We're flying. Oh, you're smart. Unlike some people on our Slack channel. 
Yeah, some people in the pod chat are taking the road trip, and you know, once you hit a certain age, you kind of put a border around how far you're willing to drive for things like this. And mine's about five hours outside of that. I'm probably taking a plane. And so we are flying in. We'll be there Friday early afternoon. And I'm excited. We're flying into Jackson. There's no easy way to get there. But if anybody is out there going to the game, shoot me a message. We're going to try to figure out, you know, maybe coordinate, having some drinks or whatever Friday night or something somewhere. We're going to explore Starkville, obviously. But yeah, there's uh, yeah. a there was a place I heard advertised today. It sounded really good. Is it, is it called like Two Two Brothers? Two That's brothers. the one everybody talks about. Two Brothers Smoke Beats. Yeah. Everybody mentions it. Yeah, there was also so a like there. there was also like a sausage place I heard on another one yeah. today, and I was like, oh, I better yeah. tell Evan about that. Um, yeah, there's a couple of them like that that people have, have highly recommended like repeatedly. So this, this is unrelated to that, but weren't you like into jerky at one point, or wasn't there like some website you were getting oh, jerky from? Oh yeah, st- I still am. Yeah, so Hokey Smash, uh, my man from uh, Virginia Tech podcast and All ACC podcast. Yeah, he always gives me some recommendations. So I've tried out a bunch of jerky. And I'll tell you what, my favorite it was a guy on Reddit who was selling it. And it was, uh, I forgot what the website was, like verybestjerky.com or something like that. And I bought it and it was amazing. It was just like super peppery, smoked brisket, shaved down. I mean, it was awesome. And then he stopped selling it. Uh, I guess, I don't know why. Website well, shut down randomly. I, I was about to say, it. it <laughs> I just Googled, and it's not there. Yeah, it's gone. Um, but, yeah, so so Hokey Smash gives me a lot of uh, recommendations. The My current one that I like is Big John's. So Big John's Beef Jerky is really, is really good. I'm still open to trying others. I get a lot of, like, meat sticks from Wisconsin River Meats. That place is really good. But Big John's straight up beef jerky is the best. Their website is absolutely atrocious. Oh, I'm looking at really, it. <laughs> it's impossible to figure out like how much to order and what to order, and but once you do and you get it, it's, it's really good. It's really good stuff. Yeah, I'm worried I'm going to end up with like 60 bags of it by accident. Um, you might, but it's delicious, and you'll you'll eat it all. Yeah, there's I got a, quite a few I can send you. There's a bunch. That was one of my favorites. There's another one. Um, you check my bookmark. I forgot the name of it. It's a mom and pop shop in Wisconsin. Dublin jerky. Okay. That one's really good. Uh, Country Archer. You can pretty much get it at any grocery store. It's okay. Jeez. Some, uh, the price for some of these uh, bag. Well, I guess a pound of jerky is a lot, I guess. It is. And, yeah, prices of meat are retarded lately. So. Yeah. Someone wants $119 for... One oh, it's six one pound bags. Yeah, so like it's yeah, it's See? stuff like that that is yeah. Yeah, be careful. Uh, there's there, another fans. one that is smoked meats, but not necessarily jerky. It's bacon. Benton's Benton's. It's called Benton's Country Ham. B e n t o n, countryham.com, and their smoked bacon is insane. It is so good. It comes in this comes in this box and it's sealed in like twelve different things, but the box just smells of smoke. You can just as soon as you get it on your porch, you can smell it. It is wild. It is really good. 
Yeah, Benton's country, country ham. Well, I was uh, in Smithfield at the Premium Outlets this this week, and nice. uh, and saw that there was a beef jerky store, which made me start thinking about this. And I was like, I got to remember to ask when I'm on the pod. Um, yeah, I do it for cheeses too. I'm trying to find nerd. good cheeses. Yeah, again, my man Hokey Smash hooked me up. Wisconsin River Meats has really good cheese. Walnut Creek cheese as well, and. Um, so we'll get like a we'll get a five pound log of cheese and then cut it up and freeze it. Like, dude, when you have kids like these things are, they happen. They're obsessed. So yeah, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good food out there. And I can't wait to get into Starkville too. Like two brothers smoked smoked and fried wings. I think that's what they are. Yeah. Oh man, it's I'm well, gonna gorge. I, I I can't wait to hear because you know obviously we have a kindred. Uh, spirit with the Mississippi State Bulldogs after what they did yeah. for baseball, and uh, I'm curious to see what the vibe is between the fan bases. Um, you know, I'm curious. I mean, all the podcasts I've listened to, I've been like shocked. I get, you know, I guess I had some uh, preconceived notions of what Mississippi State fans would be all about. Um, but I'm curious to see if if it, if it's kind of an inviting crowd, despite their annoying cowbell stuff. Um, so I'm hoping to hear a good report from everybody on that. It's funny. There's been a lot of tweets at us and other state accounts that are like, "Yeah, come by, you know, you know, come by our tailgate, have a beer." They've. I think there's very there's a lot of similarities in the fan bases. I think for the most part, state fans are like that for uh, most teams, and especially a team that you don't play very often. It's not a real rival. It's just game. Yeah. They've, you know, we're not even going to tailgate. We're just going to go to other people's tailgates. That was like a recommendation. Multiple people said just, just, just walk around. You know, grab a twelve pack and walk around. People will feed you. They'll give you drinks. They'll do these things. I'm excited for it, man. I just, I know it's kind of a random, random place to go, random trip, but just not something. You know, state fans get to experience a whole lot, and that's. I'm looking forward to it. You know what else I was looking forward to, and I am looking forward to, and this is really off topic, but I was just watching it with my kid beforehand. Lego Masters finale next week. I don't know if you've watched Lego Masters, but that show is awesome. It is really good, especially if you have kids. Like the stuff that these guys can build with Lego is wild. Yes, highly recommend it. I have never heard of it. Really? It's on the second season. What's it called? Lego Masters? Lego Masters. Yeah. Okay. The it's on my Plex if you want to watch it, I'll send you a link. I don't Which, even know what you just said to me, old man. <laughs> <laughs> you can stream it from my house is what I'm telling you. <laughs> but they had, like one challenge last year, they had to build a bridge, say how much weight it could hold. And these these teams were building bridges out of Legos that could hold a thousand pounds. It's wild. Just stuff you never expected. Yeah. So, that sounds pretty cool. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. I don't know why I brought it up, but somebody else was asking about it earlier today. And so we just watched it in the finales next week. Yeah, man, it's awesome. But I don't know. That's all I got. Mississippi State. I'm, I'm just excited to get down there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm excited for this game. I think we've got a real good chance. I just want us to show up. And put a good performance on. 
Yeah. I think we're going to boat race these bitches. No. Um, <laughs> I. It's going to be a great test. I want to see yeah. if we have that same energy, if we can bring it for four quarters. It's going to be a much more physically advanced team than probably than what we just faced. Um, yeah. It's going to be really great to see, like you were kind of saying earlier, Tony Gibson has had some really good defenses when he was at West Virginia. He shouldn't be surprised by what he's seeing. I'm just super curious because I did not pay attention to his West West Virginia defenses. Is he going to be super aggressive? Is he going to play zone? Is he going to play man? Is he going to give up points that he shouldn't give up? You know, because all I've seen is a couple years of Phil Longo coming in and boat racing us, um, and he runs a similar air raid system. So, it, it I'm just I'm super curious. But I mean, Mike Leach. In the middle of that game last week, looked like, like a I don't even know what to, like a corpse walking around. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's like this team could be close to folding after last week if we come out and smack them in the mouth right away. They may they just may give up because a lot of the pods I was listening to said this is an emotionally immature team down there, and I think if we show right away that we're physical and we came to play. Um, you know the game may turn quickly for us, and then I want to see us just put the gas on them. So I think that's a, that's a great point. Starting fast is going to be crucial. If we jump on them quick, I wonder if they're going to get down on themselves. Yeah, their defense really their defense can be good. Um, they think they're I think their run defense they think is their strength. It's interesting what yeah. how they see NC State. They see NC State as a physical running team that wants to run and then they just have like a balanced passing attack i didn't hear any of them talking about devin leary's arm talent other than he hits kind of like all three phases and is efficient with the ball and this could be a big coming out party for devin because if they're just playing the run he should have a lot of opportunity um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how tim calls the game just as much as it is to see how how tony does I did have another I had something else that I wanted to bring up. So earlier this summer, I wrote, I wrote an article, most important game, and we, you and I have talked about this before. I still think this is Dave Dorn's most important game. Now somebody brought up a point about the Notre Dame game in 2017. Okay, I get it. I, yeah. That's probably very comparable. This one's probably more winnable. So I think there's a lot of parallels to that game to this one. So this maybe this is the, the most important game since. So maybe that's a good way to look at it. I still think it is, and I even think so more after last weekend. The reason being, to go along with all the other things that I said in that article that's on the site, it's open for everybody who wants to read it, is the ACC was really bad this past weekend, and that's a lot of talking heads we're talking about. If State loses this game and runs the table in the ACC, and I'm, I'm talking about legit runs the table, People are going to say, well, the league is bad. Yeah, there's Louisville, I think, plays Kentucky this weekend. There's another SEC matchup. Oh, Pitt, Tennessee. Pitt, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it is important for the ACC to kind of shift gears a little bit. I will say, like, a lot of people are, like, starting to kind of come around to the idea that State might be the second or third best team in the conference. And, yeah. You know, if FSU doesn't like just completely fall apart, like a game 
on the road there, and especially if it's a night game, will play well from that perspective. Going on the road and beating Miami would play well. Um, fighting the fighting Phil Jerkoviches. You know, so there's opportunities to kind of beat some little media darlings if their seasons are going better. Um, but, you know, like, whatever. If we run the table and we're 13-0 at the end of the year, like, I'd be shocked if the college football playoff committee is like, you know who are not going to let into this? The team that, sh- like, is the Cinderella story for the year. Like, they'd probably be sitting there saying Alabama-Georgia – a Big Ten or a Pac-10 team, and then us, yeah. if that scenario happened. Um, you know, it's... It, just, yeah, I think for just the narrative, especially around state, right? Not even considering the rest of the league. If we lose this game and then do really well in the ACC, people are going to say, well, the ACC is bad. Look, they lost to a bad Mississippi State team, right? That can see that happening. The only way to avoid that is to win this game. And then do what you do in the ACC and at least there's no holes in that argument where people are going to be like well but this game or but that but this this is that but game they need to win this game for that reason it's, so it's even more important than I was previously saying but that's the exact reason why I think it is so important yeah it so reminds me of it, it reminds me of the South Carolina games where yeah, it's not like beating LSU or something to that nature. But if you do go on the road at night and you win, and you win convincingly, it'll go a long way because I'm sure there's going to be some more upsets or losses in the top 25 again this week that will should give right. you an opportunity to move. And if State goes out and just like throttles them and has a 45 nothing game and then like a, you know, 45... 21 or something like that I think they'll start getting respect and then it won't really matter as long as you keep beating the crap out of people if you have a bunch of close losses the voters will penalize a state team more likely than reward them right yeah agreed all right folks I think that's all I got what you got Uh, I just ordered a bunch of jerky so pray for me Live action jerky ordering on this podcast. If you're going to the game, tweet at me. If you watch Lego Masters, tweet at me. If you have any thoughts about this game or the last game, tweet at us. We'd love to talk about it. Support the pod if you can. RedWhiteNetwork.com. Support. Sponsor. LivingRelief.com. Use the promo codes always in the description. NC State Business. Support them out. And that's all I got. I'm excited for it. Let's get another win. Let's do some some swag surfing. Swag surfing. 